Hello, hello, good morning. Welcome to the Anything Bowl, where anything goes. My name is Miguel, and today I'm joined by Matt via a whole new way of doing the podcast, virtually, so it doesn't break. <sighs> Don't jinx it. Uh, I know, Better I know. knock on wood after that. Uh, knock right on the desk. Uh, good morning. You go. First of all, uh, <laughs> Matt, your camera's out of focus. It's coming back. Just there. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sick as shit. First and foremost, uh, anybody that listen to the sna- who's going to listen to the snack time and is listening to us now, you know, if I am making phlegmy sounds, I'm really sorry. I'm wee wee ya wee. I'm wee wee wah wah Sorry, mom. You're fucking too sick and stupid shit. <laughs> Fuck, I was man. I was just thinking about it. In the six what? months that we've been doing this again, how many times have I been sick? A couple. Just kidding. I think it's the first time. Is it really? I think so. Uh, whatever. Maybe maybe just, it is, maybe it isn't. Welcome to episode 43. Uh, you can see in the title. We actually have a special guest with us, but he's not coming in until later. So right now, Matt and I are just going to talk news, talk about what's been going on the last couple days. So Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about the Florida man. Florida man. Story of the day. The Florida man claiming... People were eating his brains, leads police on insane golf course chase. Ah, uh, I relate. Of course, from Hollywood to real life via Golf Digest, the most accurate in terms of Florida news. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Lake PD stops a man by the name of 29-year-old Jesse Webb behind the wheel of a stolen community watch vehicle. Uh, he claims that people were trying to eat his brains out. Now, that could go one of two separate wow. ways, but depending if it's Valentine's Day or not. <laughs> so, happy Valentine's Day to all the fucking virgins. After hopping behind a wheel, Webb swerves across several backyards, veering onto the grounds of orange. Oh, duh, dude, of course. OB- well, no, Orange Blossom Hills Golf. Different. OBT, also a OBT. shit room. But a different situation for another time. This man looks exactly like I expected. Of course, dude. He kind of looks like um, when you first get into the GTA server, and uh, you're just like, let me go do this one exactly. funny thing that's just extremely like, violent. You want to customize your character? This is what he looks like off the bat. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, the look kind of works. Yeah, 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 I think so, too. He had a little bit of bruising, but yeah, he's in Lake <laughs> County Jail. Um, thankfully, nobody was hurt, but reportedly, um, uh, thousands of dollars of damage. Well... Honestly, man, it's just one of those things. Sometimes it's just Florida life. That's actually a typical weekend here. That's what I always like to say, you know. <laughs> Somebody There's just a lot your of brains, you feel like driving through a golf course. You're like, eh, Dude, you people know. do a lot of drugs here. <laughs> they do a lot of drugs. They do a lot of drugs. They do drugs everywhere, but Florida, oh, jit. Let me Florida tell you. Florida is like the epicenter. <laughs> you know, you make the drug, you take the drug, you sell the drug. Of course. So, but you know what, though? No transition. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania? Yeah. 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 First reactions are out. Uh, do you have tickets to this yet? No, but I should probably hop on that, though. Uh, no Timmy and I are going tomorrow night. Oh, much excited. Um, well, I heard some disappointing news about it. I know. Um, so did I, man. I'm a little nervous. It's rotten apparently right now score. it's rotten. Dude, that's fucked. If it's that bad as the Eternals, that's a shame. Because, I mean, to be honest... Okay, so we'll, let's start with the trailer, right? I think the trailer was actually pretty darn good. I mean, yeah. typical well, the first one fanfare. Was 
was a bit iffy. Yeah. But the second one, they got better as they came out. And then I think it's... I don't know. A lot of the criticism that I've seen is like, oh, you know, Ant-Man is this perfect, like, pocket of the MCU where he's just, like, by himself. Everything's always smaller scale. Haha. And <laughs> taking on, like, Kang the Conqueror, who's supposed to be the big bad of the next, like, two phases, it seems like it's a it's a bit much. Uh, yeah. But it's weird. I've heard, I've heard from one side, like, the CG's bad and that Kang is the best part of the movie. But it's it's too much for an Ant-Man movie. And then I've also seen people be like, no, nah, actually, this is pretty good. I liked it a lot. It's a great start to Phase 5. CG's a little heavy. Mm-hmm. MODOK was cool. And Kang yeah. is the best part. So it's, you know, it's it's one of those movies definitely have to go in and judge on my own. Yeah. And I hate that I watched so many reviews about it already. <laughs> well, thing is, at the end of the day, just it's like... Marvel just really hasn't had the best track record in a yeah, minute. Phase four was a little I'm bit just of being a, honest. Bit of a derail. Um, and, it, and it seems like DC is like really going to try and take that market hold pretty yeah. soon, especially with the whole new announcements coming out. So um, overall, I mean, I kind of agree with you. It's one of those things where just kind of have to see. Yeah. It definitely, I mean, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it's one thing when it's like, because the one thing I'm used to with Marvel scores, it's always like usually a critic score is going to be substantially lower than an audience view. Of course, just but the that, way that's I see with everything. it. That's just with everything, and that's just, well, that's just especially with Marvel because it's like mm. I feel like critics kind of look at it more like the uh, <coughs> excuse me, the film is an individual basis, which makes sense. But I feel like you can't really you watch can't these movies like unless that. you have context, you know? Yeah. So it's not really fair, especially but, at um, this point. No. No, absolutely not. Which again, we have our I have my share fair share of complaints for making the TV shows just as quintessential. Um Yeah. Well, you know what? Kevin Feige did come out yesterday and was like, We're gonna put out less shows so that we each show has its own time to shine which is his way of being like, Yeah, we uh No fucking shit, Kevin (laughs) because it's like Yeah by the time the one show was finishing there was I mean you remember, because especially when Disney Plus first came out, they were really trying to push that um, you know, releasing episodes weekly to stop binging. Yeah. I'm like, dog, Too all you're doing is you're just making people buy it for a certain amount of time to watch a show that they want, and then they dip. Yeah. People already do that anyway, so what's the difference if you make them stay for longer later? But I, I you know, I get it. You know, but mm-hmm. people are just going to wait till the whole season's out. Yeah, but, and they're um, going to binge it, whatever. Exactly. So, you know, I, and I think even, I think we talked a couple weeks ago about it with the Disney CEO. He came clean saying the same thing. That, yeah, like it's a little too much oversaturated too. We need to focus on other aspects of the company. Yeah. Which is great because it's like, not only did it help, it's probably going to help Disney Plus as a platform, but it, it'll definitely help Marvel too in the sense of, um, admittedly, maybe a little bit more focus. So, um, but that being said, I mean, who's to say about I'm still movie? excited nonetheless. Um, I think it's going to be a good time. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. And I think it, it's yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I wasn't excited about Wakanda Forever. That wasn't my pocket. So now being able to go back and see, you didn't like Wakanda like Forever. This. What are you racist? No, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, uh, dude, what made the him quiver. Fuck? Are you made him? You're, made you're him trying quiver. to finesse me. Made That's him what quiver. you're trying to do. <laughs> made him quiver. <laughs> oh, uh, Speaking like, of uh, um, movies, The Flash. Of course. The Flash, The Flash. My, the flash. oh my. My, oh my. Look, I have the exact same opinion as so many like other other little channels that I've watched and followed. Mm-hmm. This individual 
should not be supported or given any kind of role or anything until they like come forward and fix attempt to f- like repair what they've done. But regardless, mm-hmm. the trailer looks really fucking good. Ezra Miller is the Kanye of actors right now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but dude, the trailer. Did, you watched what, the trailer, right? I did. I did. And you watched uh, it, fucker. Some some things to note. I think it's. Uh, I think the Flash looks great. I think I kind of like the concept of the story. I love Michael Keaton coming back as a uh, Batman. It's a major. He's an old man, old Batman. Dude, for real. But you know, I'm gonna be <laughs> honest though. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a tweak, and I like some like. Uh, um, what's that director? Uh, the usual works of Johnny Depp. Um, Tim Burton. Like, like I kind of like Tim Burton Batman better. <laughs> like, I like Robert Pattinson's look more. But you That's know what right. it is? It's like I think, like James Gunn's kind of going for more of a traditional DC look, and I'm here for it yeah. honestly. Um, I think he also stated that this is supposed to like be like the really big setup for the next unit yeah it's gonna be a whole reset and everything um it looks yeah really good it looks so much better than it should it It actually does look really good well i mean you also consider it's been in development for like what five i know it's been like three or four years (laughs) uh, between everything happening so oh yeah no but it's it's stupid but my favorite part of this trailer and the most thing i'm excited for is batfleck uh, Michael Keaton Batman, great, you know, the first Batman movie I saw was 1989's Batman, but mm-hmm. I'm just excited to see Batfleck again. I don't give a shit about Ezra Miller, that's for sure. Yeah. Loki, Supergirl also, I don't know who the actress is, but... It just, it, it looks like it's gonna be a good time. And, it, I, and I, you know what exactly. it is, I trust, I trust Gunn, because it's like, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know they're not your favorite movies, but even, like seeing the guardians movies if it kind of gives off like a similar direction style yeah i'm here for you know so i'm excited i think color palette yeah very much so i noticed that too it's like very like i always like to say like his color palette's very like again just based off of those movies i haven't seen all Mm -hmm. of his movies like very saturated hues if that makes sense exactly um which is cool i like it so i'm excited actually this is like the first time i've actually been excited for a superhero movie in a long time and rumor is christian bale might also be in it I don't believe that rumor, but it's a rumor I heard. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I don't know. It's gonna if it leads up to something interesting, then of course, don't make it pointless. You know, give us give us no way home, but Batman. Everybody would be yes, there. Have dude, George Clooney go. show. Who, who, who cares? Val Kilmer. George Every, Clooney. Uh, well, Val George Clooney kind of with the nips. With, with the, the nips. nips. <laughs> and whoever. Oh my god, that'd be a good time. It would be a good time. Uh, but, what's um, next? What's next? Joker two. Joker two folly uh this was a nice little surprise last night of course it doesn't give anything away there's no story beat here it's just see the thing is is like they're like oh who's gonna play yeah so todd phillips posted this picture of what appears to be joaquin phoenix and joker makeup with uh um lady gaga having an intense moment um they better do it (laughs) <laughs> and honestly though <laughs> but they're like i don't know who she's gonna play gee i i, I can only wonder considering the fact that <laughs> you know but you know what i love dude it's like the thing i think i like the most about these like joker movies like the mm. these elsewhere joker movies is that um i don't think like really any time within especially dc cinematic stuff have you ever seen like these earlier like 
What, what was that? What's the comic that actually talks about the Joker's origins? I forget the name. But oh it's my pretty- god, it's it's like Red Hood no, or uh, the Killing Joke. Killing Joke is one of them that goes into Killing- his. I thought backstory. Killing Joke was like the one where, um, well, he kills all the. I, I don't know if I could say it on Twitch, but you know what I'm talking about. He kills all the. <laughs> he unalives a bunch of people. Well, yeah. He unalives a bunch of younger people. It, it's also Killing Joke was is one of the big ones that delves into the Joker's past. Yeah, and it's oh, never okay. something you've really seen on screen. It's always kind of like he exists already. Yeah, but it, this context makes it a bit more interesting this, and even like thriller esque. You know, like I kind of like this all, a lot. Yeah. New Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie's the best Harley Quinn, but Lady Gaga, especially right now, given the crazy eyes, gives so much promise. And two, I think so the too. title, the title alone, kind of fire. All you though. do, kind of fire though. I know. You know, I know, I know. One of my favorite <sighs> albums of all time. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm. Every time that Joker comes up, we have this discussion that I'm not like the biggest crazy Joker fan who's like, oh my god, it reinvented the movie and the superhero movie and. Uh, no, it didn't reinvent the superhero movie, I don't think, but it this like the boys. Okay, like well the boys is is a superhero show, okay? But like Joker is it's superhero I would say superhero What did we describe it as a couple of years ago? It's like it's like oh, a character it's a character palette or a character profile something like that. Something like that. I I would see it as but, movie first, superhero second. Of course, well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think like it could show more what a superhero genre can, or well, in this case, yeah. supervillain genre could do besides the usual fanfare of "Oh, I'm mm. super strong. I have these laser powers. How did I use them? Oh my god, big enemy! Oh my god, you know, oh we have to defeat big, big laser enemy. into the sky. Big laser into sky. It's a starfish. <laughs> it's shooting everything. That was okay. a good movie. The Suicide the Squad s- is a really good movie. I'd have to watch it again, but I think my overall feelings were it was definitely a lot better than the original. Um, cause the, you know what it is? They actually add character, but the, uh, the biggest thing yeah. is it wasn't really like a squad. It felt like it was just a bunch Idris of Elba, Idris Elba and friends. And then, Oh my God, John Cena, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's basically what it was. Yeah. So, but it was, but good. it was a good time. I mean, it was, it was, it was good a good time. time. Definitely. Had to do like a retroactive DCEU thing before we, uh, go see the flash. True. True. All right. Next, um, next, next. Oppo we got a couple phones. And to flip. Interesting. So, Apple Find N, uh, basically, I put this on here, not because we really care about Oppo, except for, like, like their book fold, I love. You know, that's different. But it's really, the headline is what really gets me, and some of the headlines I've seen, is it's it's good and it's nice wow. to have competition in the space. So, it's a folding phone. Um, yeah. Surprisingly cheap, to be honest with you, compared to other folding phones. Exactly. But- in the market yeah they're, they're definitely trying to be an undercut for sure yeah. um so what are we looking at spec wise with this buddy you know no no i haven't delved into any of it i just wanted <laughs> us to look at the cosmetics because i think it's actually really pretty <laughs> it's interesting 1080p oled um i'm just looking through some of the things it has here because it, it is it is pretty interesting 6.8 yeah, inch yeah, screen yeah. unfolded i do like the front I think that if looking at it, this this front screen actually seems a bit more usable than the yeah, exactly. Samsung that, one. That's but exactly it, what I was thinking. Because it's like, I've seen people with the Samsung one and it's like a little bar. And it's kind of cool if you want to do mm-hmm. quick actions. But 
I feel like this makes a bit more sense just because... This makes it a genuinely usable screen. Exactly. Well, I mean, like, you're not going to be scrolling through Instagram on this thing, but you'll be like... No. At least, like, if you had to scroll through a contact and call somebody, you could just do that. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you can have, like, or, little widgets and things on the front of the phone, so you don't always have to open it and do whatever. Or even better, like, especially, like, I mean, like, the first thing I think about is just, like, just switching music through there. Just oh, exactly, exactly. You, you have, know, like, little so, art. It can do a whole thing where it blurs it and shit. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Be fucking nice. Honestly, I've never been for the uh, the clamshell fold. And I think it's been like this since we we first talked about foldables way back in like the beginning of the podcast. But are you more of like a uh, sideways fold type person? Yeah, like a book fold like a, or like the like LG wing that I've always had a soft spot in my heart for. It's even kind of showing off some of the other little. I mean, like even just for a little time or like little stuff. It's it's the little thing, but it's so useful. Yeah. Um. So let me see what else are they saying that. Um, That's cute. Uh, we're looking at forty three hundred milliamp uh, battery, um, which is pretty good. Gives a 44 watt with that charger. Um, get to 50% in 23 minutes. That's really good, actually. That's very fantastic. I think with iPhone, it's like, what, 30 minutes? It's much less, but the battery life is going to be much better because it comes down to optimization. Very true. That makes sense. Um, uh, but overall, like, I mean, I still, you know, it keeps going back to the same thing. Cool. Folding phone's cool. Um, I will not think buy until Apple does it. You know what's really crazy? This is what I think. I had this thought the other day. I was what? like, remember remember that era of cell phones between like the really old blocky cell phones in the 90s and then when the iPhones and the Blackberries were coming out? Mm-hmm. And like people were just so hung up on sidekicks in the folding era like that. Oh, but that was great. I, Slide out keyboards No, it's and great. And I, but what I think is, <laughs> but you notice that the bridge was very short because it was like, it was like, Okay, like if you go back to the late 80s, early 90s, like people had phones in their cars, this and that. They had the big black yeah. cell phones. <laughs> um, and that was it, you know? And then eventually, of course, like uh, PDSs were coming out, short history, right? And then eventually, the sidekick, like the, the, the keyboards came out. Blackberry innovated like a motherfucker with that. Yes. And everyone, and then, but that gap was so small. It was like, what? It was, first, it was really the fast. The first iPhone came out, like, what, 2006? 2005? 2007. So you think about it, it was only like four five-ish years of that and then we've had touch and iphone as the main primary thing since that time it's been almost yeah. it's like well, 13 I mean, it was years like, at this point the whole you thing know, was when when the iphone years. came out everyone was like that this is completely making sense and then they were just trying to, it's been the goal to perfect the candy bar for so, 20 years it, so take this along with the fact that now you have again like meta and vr and ar and horizon i don't really see this folding era lasting too long you know that's just yeah based off of the pattern shell i mean it's kind of (laughs) cool because it's like if you have a but it it feels more gimmicky than it's useful of course and that's and i think that's a point that i made countless times because it's like at a certain point if you're if you're more concerned about real estate there's like my thing is if you really want that big of a phone or if you want that big of phone real estate or if you need that big enough smart device real estate, the smartest thing to do is just an iPad <laughs> or some type yeah. of tablet. Just be honest. 100%. You know, um, that's why the, even the most conceivable, there's like some been some project phones out there too that are kind of cool where it kind of mm-hmm. does like, it does the, um, I'm sure you've seen it. It's like, it's been in China. It's like an, ex, it's like a scroll type um Oh yeah, the rolling foldable. stuff. But this one's interesting because it's kind of like a triangle. 
It's like you can't see it. On, well, you can probably see it on stream if you're looking. But it's like a triangle, and then it kind of like expands out like diagonally, what and then like the it can like get. It was it wasn't huge, but the idea is like okay, what if you could get the roll even smaller, and then like you can get more area space out of that. Like even that would be pretty cool too. You I know? I so, think rolling phones are the way of the future. I think the whole folding thing right it. now is just like a bridge gap thing. I think so too because they're just really trying to perfect the um, <clears throat> the uh, the OLED technology to be flexible but i think the biggest name of the game is durable too yeah and yeah, i mean and then after that point for years and then i'm sure after a certain point then they'll because i mean don't get me wrong like oled 1080p is a fantastic for a folding phone to have like that type of screen but it's yeah. like again it's like not only to mention that people face constant complaints with these phones that the support just never lasts that long and i, I mean i haven't been on the android so- side in a minute but I have heard that the support has gotten substantially better. So, oh, yeah, of course. Especially because you know, Samsung's the one leading the charge. Yeah, you know. I mean, now <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting to see because now, since Apple's going to be really trying to go with their um, their first, what do you, what would you call that, like first-party development process Yeah. Um, and not really ordering as much from them, it's going to be interesting to see what they bring to the table, too. So be- I, do, I do agree. I think, I think, I think it's going to be a thing for a little bit, and then... Mm you know it's gonna dip out into something else so let's see what it's gonna be all right last one we're talking still phones the only reason i put this on here so we're talking the OnePlus 11 a lot of people have been talking shit about OnePlus for years talking about whether or not this is their comeback the only reason we're talking about this because you know we're still not android people is i remember in the anything bull 1.0 we talked about OnePlus 8 and the leaks for that phone we talked about the 7 pro years ago during tech theory we talked about i think leaks for the 9 or the 10 yeah. I just I I'm thinking like we gotta we gotta take a peek. What do you what do you think of OnePlus nowadays? Um, with all due respect, <laughs> a little hypocritical. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, they, well, fin- they finessed, man. Like, yeah. here's the thing. I'm not. I ain't hating on getting your bag. But I was gonna say the same thing. You Get set your bag, you, but- you set yourself up so much for disaster by doing this. Because it's almost like they pulled the rug out from underneath the consumer. Completely, completely. Because well, it's like, I mean. You, it was over claiming, a couple years too. Well, of course, and and the thing is, and it was sustain. It was, but you know what it was too. That's when the heavy criticism was coming out mm-hmm. that people, once iPhone and Samsung were charging that much money, it was a perfect opportunity for OnePlus to be the underdog and undercut. Oh yeah. But the the part where they fucked up was instead of following to a model like that, they su- substantially over the next couple of years would increase the price hikes, Keep going up and up, and and, up. Um, and eventually and not giving you that burst of their bubble. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, well, at a certain point, if I'm paying eight hundred, nine hundred bucks for a phone, and I want the capability and the continuity of of a, a premium experience, sadly, they just weren't providing that at the time, you know. And I think between their design, their UI architecture, um, they weren't putting bad specs into it by any means. But again, mm-hmm. it's like if you look at the math and you look at the quality that you can get for other brands at that. That's right. Or, or the phone like industry is very frame, different you know? than it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, so, um, and then for them to kind of try and come back with this, I mean, you know, I mean, let's look at some, um, <coughs> oh my gosh, excuse me, let's look at some of the, 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 the what we got here. We got, what we got, it's basically, it's, it's your stereotypical 2023 Android flagship with your, some of your water rating, a nice chip, a bunch of RAM, a nice screen yeah. with 120 hertz, whatever. I think, first of all, 
this is the best design they've had since probably the, the OnePlus 7 back in the day. Because then the 8 was just the same thing, and the 9 was a piece of shit. The but 10 the camera was, hump looks just as ugly as it did before. <laughs> I, think, I think this one looks kind of pretty. I think the circular versus the square and the whole matte finish from last year, I don't like it. I think the stupid thing, how are you really going to... The whole thing was they wanted to push the envelope on wireless charging a couple years ago. And then all of a sudden... They're like, oh, we, we need you to buy this warp charge thing where you're going to put the phone, it's going to charge real fast, but it's wireless. Look, we did it. And then they're going to take out wireless charging? After you just bought this dock that now is not going to work on your flagship? Of- I get it. You know, I get that they want to, you got to take out a couple features so you can undercut the price because now you're trying to get back on people's good side. But man, you're losing, you're still losing. It's not, it's, you're not doing too great. I'm sorry. You, you're not. It's a pretty phone. You know, you're doing good. It's a well, pretty, I like the look. Again, for $699 though. You could get a Pixel. I mean, see, so yeah, that's the part where you got me because I don't really <laughs> have too much experience with Pixel. I don't know. Pixel is but, the shit. That's but if you have to choose between the two, I mean, I'll trust Pixel. your word on it. You're, you're, you're the residential Google Pixel person here because you've had one. Um, I don't know. Whoa. It's so weird because now I feel like you sometimes. Hold on, I'm doing a camera check. What's he doing? I was doing. Oh, I was doing a camera check, but um, sometimes I feel like you. Sometimes I wish I want to switch to the other side just to try for a little bit, but then yeah. I think about how much I would. But lose. then you lose everything, dude. You, you do. You like, I mean, like it was fine because I was I was only on Android for maybe eight or nine months a couple years ago, and it was fine because ironically it was it was locked down in quarantine and I wasn't doing anything or whatever. But dude, when you lose. It's the little things that we appreciate so much, especially now because you're on the Mac Mini, iMessage, iCloud, yeah. Photos. Mm-hmm. You and mm-hmm. I have to share documents to to edit and and upload and whatever. None of it is that simple. No, it never is. So, and and that's a shame that like people say that's a, the good and the bad of Android, and yeah, it depends on what you're doing, man. I mm-hmm. think um, if you're really not bound to a certain system, then of course, but. Not to say that you need to subscribe yourself to Apple, but I think I had a conversation with a coworker the other day. It's just that Apple's very, um, it's very limiting in the sense that, yeah, you know, your modularity outside of it, like there's only, there's only so much you can do within the walled garden, so to speak. <laughs> but then if you leave the garden, you lose the comfort of yeah. what actually works, you know? So, and it's, um, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I would just... Oh, yeah. I mean, and Android's getting there in terms of an ecosystem. I know Samsung's come a long way. Google's working on it. And Google Assistant is so much infinitely better I, than Siri in every I just, fucking way. I, but I just don't see it ever happening. It's just you have too much of a diverse... I don't think it'll be in as wide a scale, but I, I think it'll happen. Just with, It's going to take a specific company. And the development culture is just so too diverse. Not that that's yeah. bad. I think it's no, great, it's great for thing. breeding innovation because... Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, man. I mean, we've always said it for years. Apple's the um, the perfector, so to speak. So, like, for instance, I mean, I'm sure one of the biggest rumors for what they're going to do with the front-facing for the newest iPhone is going to be um, in-display uh, front-facing. But you had Huawei Maybe. doing that back in, like, 2017, 2018. Yeah. yeah. With I mean, a folding good, phone, mind you. But- it wasn't good. <laughs> But but the point is is that the breed of development and innovation is mm. what really, you know, and again, no shade to Apple, but that's just that's just a fact of the matter. Yeah, you know, you took Intel's infrastructure for a chip and you made it ten times better, and including a <laughs> GPU inside of it. I can't knock it because it's not that a great just means GPU, but not the greatest. But I mean, if we're talking like for video production and 
those things oh, no. of the like, then of course. You and I have a great time with these these Apple Silicon chips. I'm saying, but obviously, let's you know, if you wanna if you wanna use Blender and not fucking burn your house down, <laughs> I think 4090 is the way to go in that series. Yeah. But, well, I mean, you use you 4090 know. if you want to burn your house down too. I mean, you could use it to heat your house, honestly, <laughs> if you really want to be ballsy, you know. Oh my god! So, um, all yeah, right, but, all right, all right. Yeah. Let's hop in to my favorite part of the favorite part of the day. It's review time. The review section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's see. You want to go first? I always go first. Well, uh, we could talk about this one together first. Um, this is why by Paramore. I forgot to add that too. Oh uh, um, yeah. So. I, at first, did not like this uh, single that came off of it. Um, for those that don't know, Haley Williams is back off the cuff from her solo material mm-hmm. and has gone back with the band. And now um, they made this album. Drama. This is why. Um, you know, it's uh, what's there to say about it? Well, came out with a single, This Is Why. I actually kind of liked it. Top tier. I hated it at first because I was like, what the fuck? But then it kind of gave me like some talking heads vibes. Like, I don't know if you know that band. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah. You know, if you listen into them, you get that. So it's a lot of like alt rock, like 80s pop rock and like alternative talk rock. Singing. and Talk singing. Yeah. <laughs> Ad libbing is what they call it, I suppose. <laughs> um, of course, we had Zane Lowe, the biggest fanboy, always pumping it up with this. Of That's course. the main reason I, fr- I found out about this, as well as like. Mm. My boy Adam. Zane Lowe is great. Told me. Um, Zane's good. Um, just people have their reservations with him. I'm like, nah, he's a great reviewer. No, he's, a, he's a great guy. Shout out Zane Lowe. Um, which I thought he did a very good interview on them, <laughs> by the way. And um, you kind of just see a lot where Haley's coming from with this whole thing. And it's just sad because it seems like I think a lot of this the songwriting that really comes off of this is that um, she's just had some experiences with people and but it almost feels like she hasn't had the uh, liberty to really speak about how she felt in these situations and um, how much it really hurt. So mm-hmm. it comes off as like bright and at certain points and very like bubbly, especially with the production. But, um, you know, I think there's some songs though that just kind of fall flat to me. So, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, the first, cause it's like, I'll be listening. Like, this is why banger, the news, amazing running, running out of time. Awesome. Then you get the se come sa. Like, I don't know. From here, I noticed a little bit of an energy dip, you know? Like, it's like it was kind of an on and off thing between the tracks moving past this point where it's yeah. like, even like if you got to the choruses, like it kind of felt a little empty. You it's know? it's really so, every every song on this album to me was just kind of. This is one of those times I had to listen to it a couple times because, you know, I like Paramore. I wanted to give them more of a chance. This is yeah. one of those ones where at first you listen to it and everything kind of sounds the same. And the more you listen, the more diversity you can hear. And I have to say, like, off the bat for me, it's like a a six. Mainly yeah. because I'm not a huge fan of their, like, like the more alternative, less rock kind of stuff. Like, After Laughter and this one feel very much so in the you same didn't like, to me. Oh, dude, you didn't like After Laughter? Well, I got to uh, give it more of a listen. I, I don't know. I, I listened you, to it the other really day. I wasn't do. a big that fan. Was a, that was a good album. Regardless. I liked it a lot. Man, no, no, but I'm hearing you. Title track, pretty good. The news I hated, and it grew on me a ton after listening to it a couple more times. Yeah. Running out of time, great. Say uh, Sa. Uh, first listen, thought it was the most obnoxious song I ever heard, and couldn't listen to it mainly because of that nya 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 shit. <laughs> and then it grew on me, <laughs> and now I get to be as annoying. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, yeah. What, what would you rate is, the whole thing? I give it a six. There's there's a couple things on here like Crave and Big Man Little Dignity. I like a couple of the, the nice deep cuts, but it's. Yeah. I think it's it might just be like an expectation thing. Like I want more thing. It feels very much. I'm gonna keep calling it the say amen. It feels very much so like what Panic did for Pray for the Wicked. It feels like this is wise to like upbeat woohoo, and then the rest of the album mostly doesn't sound like that. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the songwriting is great, but you know what it oh, is. Yeah. I think I do kind of agree with this Not one reviewer I was watching that the reason maybe it doesn't have as much energy is because off the solo material is a lot more singer songwriter. But obviously with Paramore, it's like Haley's really known for like, you know, you got that Fall Out Boy influence. It's very mm. powerful hook driven, you know, those dude, sort of and things. And her vocals um, on this album? Holy she's crap. fantastic, dude. She's, she's so talented. crazy. Oh my she's God. She's so great. Homegirl's you know, like, <laughs> it's funny because none of the melodies are, are her like belting up that super high. But yeah. every single t- harmony you hear, because the mix is also really good. Every harmony you hear is like back here, but it's also like on top and you're like, oh, you're like, that's a high oh. note. I feel like I'm in heaven. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Like, I <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I was going to be a bit more lenient. I was going to give it like a seven out of 10. Although seven, I can oh. see a six out of 10. I'm, well, well, I mean, it's our score like that's tomato. Yeah. I would, if it's a group round of one, because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I think it's good. I just think yeah. I wanted more, but I think I'm okay with this. Exactly. I think for a comeback, I'm, okay I'm, I'm all right with it, but I'm hoping another album uh we get a bit more um consistency i think is the biggest issue with this record yes but. and that, that's the issue with a lot of the artists we like <sighs> of course let me know. just be but. very quick with my other my other uh music review i don't care about paris the veil i've never listened to them i've never been a big fan of theirs i just needed more music to listen to this week so of course you know to expand my my horizons downloaded their album the jaws of life didn't like it didn't enjoy a single song. Nothing really got to me. Everything sounded the same. It was all just like soft boy emo shit, which mind you, I'm a soft boy. I'm a little emo guy. I get it. I'm Wasn't a little a fan. emo boy. Wasn't a fan whatsoever. I give it like a two out of 10. Probably never going to listen to it again. Uh, I was very disappointed, even though my expectations were on the floor. Damn. That's crazy. Sorry. See, that's just, well, it also doesn't disappoint me because it's like, I'm actually, I'm like a pretty big Pierce the Veil fan. So, <laughs> I heard like I, the two singles I actually thought were pretty good. Let me go see what they were again. It was um. No, I have no idea. I know, I'm gonna check it up now. But those are very promising. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Why does this happen just, every single time? Too. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm. I think I'm getting better reflexes at this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's kind of good to see. No. You got your arm up on the ready. You're like, <laughs> you doing? Ah, here you go. Okay. Anyway, it's really <laughs> baby from recording. <laughs> okay, consistency. Um, wow. So, uh, oh fuck, what was I gonna say? All right. Anyway, back to what I was saying. I'm trying to find this uh, "Pass the Nirvana," dude. That song's fucking killer. Pass the Nirvana. But the other ones I haven't listened. I gotta really give it a listen myself because I actually kind of forgot they had this coming out, even though I saw it on New Music Weekly. So. Um, I just, I'm not really a big fan of the concept. <laughs> just right off of the bat, too. The Jaws of Life. I think it's like, for lack of a better word, I'm sorry, it's a little corny. But then it's also <laughs> like, I don't want to like write it off right away. Cause I, like I said, I like Pierce the Veil. If you want like, of course, like Selfish Machines, like it's that 2011 Vans Warp Tour sound, like super whiny. But there's a couple good songs off of there. Their most popular record to date, Collide with the Sky, I thought was fantastic. 
I think King for a Day is like probably one of the best um, post-hardcore songs of the 2010s. Of course, you have Bulls in the Bronx, Props and Mayhem, yes, et cetera, et cetera. If you haven't listened to this one, Miguel, I would listen. If you want to start with Pierce the Veil better, this is a good record to get into. Like, this is actually like your sound more so than anything. <laughs> okay. Um, and then Misadventures is kind of a mixed bag, but it's basically collab with the sky too. But Jaws of Life to me sounds like it's a bit more of a pop, uh, more of a alternative pop, emo, hardcore, that type of direction kind of, you know. <laughs> the way you were saying soy boy status so i don't know i will give it a listen but um uh you, you might as well finish up finish up your movies and your uh your, your 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 tv thing too oh that's right that's right okay hold on yeah i'll give it to you so wait now i gotta switch the thing you caught me off guard matt so this week i watched a very fun movie Edge of Tomorrow, 2014, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Uh, I've always heard in like the news about this movie, about them like, oh, maybe there's going to be a sequel, maybe there's not. Initially, it was named like Live, Die, Repeat, and then they renamed the movie as it came out or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, cool concept. Thought it was really good. Give it like a nine. The action was really good. The villains were really good. Emily Blunt and Tom, I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy, but Tom Cruise was pretty good in this movie. Uh, I got no complaints. This is just like a really solid action movie. The whole concept mm-hmm. is like, you know, you're fighting these aliens, of course. And if this alien kills you, but like with their goo, then you <laughs> have the power to restart the day every time you die. Wait, you have the option to to come back. If you again? die, right? So if yeah. if if the uh, <sighs> fuck, what's his name? Mm-hmm. If the if the alien. When he goes to kill you, if it's a specific alien and he like shoots his goo all over you, you gain the ability to restart the day. <laughs> so basically, he dies. He covers your face in the goo. Yeah, all uh, nothing but blue goo all over your face. Okay. And then every, every every time you die, you wake up at the start of the day. So Tom Cruise spends this whole movie just like dying, meeting Emily Blunt, so you mean trying to figure out how to beat the robot. How long is this movie? Uh, 120 minutes two hours and he's just getting gooed on the whole time no he got gooed on the first time and that's why he can restart the day over and over again honestly it was pretty good pretty pretty good pretty cool concept pretty pretty nice I your understand. description makes me laugh but the concept does seem cool because i mean tom cruise has always been an action legend um so I'm, I'd be curious to see. I know you told me about it. I just didn't get a chance to watch last night for <laughs> reasons. But, <laughs> but now, onto the last um, thing. Uh, this is like a late, late in the game entry because you know, of course, as I said at the top of the stream, I'm sick as shit again. Of course, my body hurts. So I've spent, I spent like five and a half hours on the couch, and I, I blitzed through you season four part one. You. <laughs> great show <laughs> i've loved this show since it came out i've watched it a handful of times it's clearly toxic and it's just things you shouldn't do that's the obvious one but as a drama like a weird romance drama clusterfuck i like it a lot and then yeah you go into season four and i'm like man why do we need to keep doing this like i, I was firmly <laughs> a believer like oh he should have just died in season three how many times can you really like show up and then oh look i'm in love with a girl oh no i killed her oh how many times are you going to do the same thing? But they they gave me a good reason. This season's a lot of fun. 
I'm here now for I gotta it. wait until March. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I definitely watched the first couple episodes, like I said. I never really picked back. Oh, no, that's a lie. I finished the first season. First season was fantastic. First season was So, good. I really got to pick up on the other other three, but um, it was it was crazy. I, I think I like, I like what you're saying, too. It makes sense. Like, the whole, like... This is like, you know why? Because it's not like the same feeling as like when I watched Uncut Gems for the first time. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. It's not (laughs) But, (laughs) but, you know, it, it was more like the best way to describe it is like when you get that stomach pit feeling like, oh shit, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. And you're like, oh, 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 he, oh he did it. Especially <laughs> when, when I, I, <laughs> so I can't fun. stand when people in movies and things like embarrass themselves or sneak around because I'm like, bro, what the fuck is you? It's like, bro, what you, you know doing? it's a bad idea. Stop doing it. Stop doing the thing that you're not supposed <laughs> to be doing. Stop it. Now. Stop it, Dobby. <laughs> Stop it, Dobby. But I, I would, I would this give you instance. a solid eight, eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. On the whole. A couple episodes that are a bit slow throughout the, the four seasons, but it's fair. I like it a lot. It's fair. Very good, very good, very good, very good. Matt's turn. It's my turn. <laughs> Let's see, what did Matt watch this week? <laughs> or what did Matt listen to? Sorry. We'll start with what I listened to. Um, This was a very fitting uh, album for the for the week. Blood Harmony by Fien- uh, Phineas. Phineas, oh my god. Blood Harmony by Phineas. Uh, what else is there to say? He is the producer and brother of none other than Billie Eilish. Um... He had this record, this little EP called Blood Harmony that came out about two years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. It was actually right before uh, Billy came out with, um, wow, I forgot the name of that other record. It was re- actually not that bad, though. What was it? Oh, her second one, uh, where she was blonde. Yeah, which is messed up. Which It's, it's sad, because actually, I thought it was a good album. But I thought so, too, but just not a lot of replayability. Well, it's a second. Al- it's a second album it's a syndrome. Slump. It's I. Sophomore slump. It's okay, but there was a couple good tracks in it. Just a lot of good songwriting. Yeah. But this EP by Phineas kind of showcases why he can be a lot of the brains behind it because um, it's just it's it's a very uh, it's a very sad like pop songwriter sort of thing going on because mm-hmm. it like it's very traditional, but it's also not because. Again, like I think, if anything, Billy and her brother really influenced a lot of the minimalist pop movement that kind of went on with music at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, this album just kind of goes to show it. Uh, I lost a friend. Fucking sad as shit, obviously. <laughs> um, you can tell from but it's the title. so somber too, huh? You can tell from the title. Well, obviously, <laughs> the video is just <laughs> as sad, actually. Um, but you know what it is. I like some people may write it off, but I'm like, no, like. To me, like they've always had like some type of meaningful pop writing, whereas not to say that other artists don't mean the same thing, but comes a certain level of corporate wash, like I, I like to, corporate hogwash is what I like to call it, because <laughs> you could tell that some songwriters like they mean what they say, yeah. and there's a lot of things going on with it. But I'm not saying it because instinctively because they're popular, but because like sometimes some form in the marketing wants them to promote it or say things a certain way. But like, I feel like Phineas doesn't really do that here. Cause you could like, that's what I'm trying to say though. Like you can write it off. Um, maybe as something as such, but it's really not, especially when you get into the lyrics, uh, you know, lost my mind's pretty great. Die alone's pretty great. Partners in crime is just complete and utter fucking fun time. I don't miss you at all. It's like (laughs) this fun little funk jam. It's really cool. Um, I didn't realize there was a deluxe version, so I gotta let I gotta get a chance with "Let's Fall in Love for the Night" 1964. It's an alternative version. I don't know, 
Wait. <laughs> oh, fuck. Did you dab? But, so overall, re- <laughs> so overall review, I'm give it <laughs> overall rating. Um, I'm gonna give it seven and a half out of ten. Okay. It was a fun listen, but it wasn't, you know, like not mind blowing. Not mind blowing, but it, it definitely was good. I, and it's it's just nice to hear some again, like good, simple piano musicianship, musicianship songwriting. E. Now, the opposite of that, what some people consider. What's up? This is not a new album. This album's about six years old. I never said it was new. I said (laughs) it was two years ago. Dummy. So what's your point? Dummy. I have to tell you something. What's the matter? I've never listened to this album before. Love is Rage 2? Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. This is. I told you. I, I I do like one new album and like one or two like classics. Man, that's how this shit goes <laughs> down. Okay, so I was also in my mood swings with this one this week. So, uh, Love Is Rage Two. Just like talking about it because I think it's. Some people will consider it's not the best Uzi album, but it's my favorite Uzi album. So I don't care. <laughs> um, I mean. This is kind of where the marriage between SoundCloud rap and pop rap for him really was kind of getting to that bridge together. Um, and it was just overall, like, I just I just love the vibes on this record, man. Just so much cool shit going on. What I like about Uzi is that it's not only, like, melodic rap. It's a lot of, like, like rhythmic, like, even, like, some of the beats aren't, like, really, like, have, like, a clear direction, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, it sounds, like, weird to say that, but, like, let me explain. <laughs> Sauce it up, great fucking hook, you know, great bars, um, you know, it's just kind of a turn anthem. Uh, the way life goes, it's fucking sad as shit. It's like, you know, getting my heart broken as like a teenager. Um, <laughs> but the hook is crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably like, again, like a lot of his stuff is like a lot of the hooks, but like some of the writing in the verses, especially in this song, like it hits home, man. It really does hit home. It hits home, man. It hits home, man. It's my heart, man. But yeah, it's not a crazy song, but it's like it's just somber enough to where it's like it's like you're gonna be okay, B. You're gonna be okay. Everything will work out. Shit. Don't sweat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what else was yeah. fun? Neon Guts featuring Pharrell Williams, dude. Classic fucking. You know the Pharrell Williams <laughs> four beat count intro. I eat your bitch like a lua. Then I then into oh my god, flow is so you good. You do bro. what to my bitch? I'm gonna go fuck your bitch in Kahlua. Then I'm a <laughs> that sounds sticky. That sounds sticky and stinky. Foreign cars, foreign bras. Dude, like, <laughs> just the, it's just that Philly flow, man. I don't know what it is, but the beat it's all is about just that so Philly fun. Flow. It's colorful, you know, I love that. And that's the thing I got to comment on his production, too. It's so fucking colorful. Early 20s Rager, that's kind of the one I was telling you where it's like, it's more rhythmic, it's more like raby, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was a good time. Unfazed featuring The Weeknd. Fucking most toxic, like, um... Andrew Tate chorus I've ever heard. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Pretty Mommy. Of course, like, you're kind of getting back into more like that sauce it up vibe. Bit more like, uh, playful. More like for, like, um, but almost kind of like combined, like, to be like a little love song. Like, he's, well, he's actually talking about his mom. <laughs> but it's like a love song towards his mom. Cause like, she's like watching me, like, go through like Philadelphia in the streets, like, doing all this sort of shit and stuff too. So, so nice little, like, I guess dedication track because he felt bad for what he did. Um, and then the last two favorites because I have a bunch on here is Dark Queen and then Exo Tour Life. The way that they merge together is fucking nice because the whole album is kind of based around 
this bitch trying to get answer from him as to why like his relationship didn't work out too well. So Dark Queen kind of talks about that, and an Exo mm-hmm. Tour Life just talks about. But because of the relationship, I lost so many friends. All my friends are dead. Push me to the edge. Push me to. I I I. <laughs> so, um, overall, one to ten, boyo. Eight to eight out of ten, bro. Eight I think um, it's a fun time. I think people think that. A lot of times, what I actually appreciate about the SoundCloud generation is I don't really think it was about the messaging. It was about the feel of the music behind it. And I think this is just kind of like a pretty good example of that. So, overall, fantastico. Mm. And then, for my movie of the week, see how progressively unintentional this art that I like is becoming? (laughs) Because now we're going. So, none other than the Scooby-Doo movie from 2002. Fucking fantastic film. I don't give a shit. IMDb rates it 5.2 out of 10. But you know what? I don't give a shit. It's a great movie. (laughs) It's a great fucking movie. Oh, dude, it's just the campiness, the corniness, the fucking horrendifying makeup. Horrific CG. Horrific CG. Let's not even talk about Scrappy on fucking Trent Anabolic Steroids. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's so good. Just the sexual innuendos that you got throughout this whole movie is fucking hilarious. Like, they should have, they really should have made this into like a rated R film because it probably would have been like 10 times better. Like, this could have been like the scary movie. (laughs) Oh my god. Just everything's fucking great about it. Fucking, fucking Scooby-Doo gets a fucking boob job like the works. It's just crazy. <laughs> Forgot. Dude, it's just nuts. Fucking. Dude, this and the second one. Top tier, both of them. I don't believe it. I haven't seen the second one. You've never seen the. I didn't know there was a second Scooby-Doo live movie. That's. Let me honestly. Is there really? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's just so many better Scooby-Doo movies. My favorite Scooby-Doo movie, though is um scooby-doo and the cyber chase that is a classic no matt it's all about the two live action movies nothing else exists i've never seen the second live. you've never seen oh the- wait That's- no 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 i have seen scooby-doo two monsters unleashed what year did this come out 2004 really i missed out on this one <laughs> i think this one was kind of no because now i've seen the fucking um now i've seen the mansion i remember now mm-hmm. i just didn't really particularly remember um, Seth Green was in this movie. That's so fucking funny. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> in my head, the two just kind of blend together. Honestly, yeah. Well, I think that's what it is for me too. And um, I think overall, like if I had to choose, I mean, obviously I'd choose the first one. But you know what? I will say this: the second one looks a bit more. Um, I do remember the second one. I I did enjoy the story a bit more. Higher budget I think the too. F- a higher budget and i think the first one though it's just like i just like it for how shit it is that's all it really comes down to bad movie tuesdays so as a bad movie it gets an it gets like a nine out of ten uh-huh. but if you wanted a legitimate review like it's like a four <laughs> but, but just because of how shit it is it, it gets like it gets bumped up to an eight for me personally okay. speaking okay so um well i gotta do the wipe Oof. doing the wipe okay yes wipe <laughs> ladies and gents thank you for for tuning in uh coming up next is the main topic we're going to talk about the music industry and surviving in it with uh, our big buddy tyler smith yes sir as for the yeah. stream we're gonna end this right here uh we're also gonna hop right back on and play some games so thank you for watching see you in a minute pee pee boo boo goodbye all right, the welcome fucking, back, welcome back, welcome back. With that. Uh, this is not the beginning of the episode, so I'm not going to say the intro, but welcome, everybody, to the first 
fucking guest of the podcast. The first time we've had a genuine guest who's someone who's not Matt, Brendan, or myself. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Smith, welcome to the Anything Bowl where anything goes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm, I don't know. I'm a musician. I'm on an agency. I play shows every weekend. It's the name We're of your band, pretty, bro. Pretty busy. Uh, it's called The Band of Make Believe. We, um, nice, nice. we play up, up and down the East Coast, uh, you know, Maryland, New York, Jersey, Philly. We've been to Connecticut once. We're going to be in Boston for St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. Wow. So shipping up to Boston. Literally. Yeah. Shipping up way. to Boston. Way. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Tyler's living the dream. Uh, a little bit of back context. I've known Tyler since I think we were both 11 around there. I knew him when his hair was long and his beard didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that I have to tell everybody when I meet them is I was there when Tyler first picked up a guitar and now he is the front man of a pretty incredible band, to be honest. But we're going to talk band history when we get into the snack. Today, the main topic of the episode is just kind of the industry and production and school because each one of us in our own way, you know, I, I did musicals and things. I have a degree in music production. I went to school for whatever and I've attempted to put out music and covers and whatever. Matt, Rapper, singer, producer, North Star, but the North Star is dead. Tyler, solo projects. He's been in bands. He's kind of like a cover band, performing, touring artist. He's the most successful one out of the three of us. We figure, let's just talk about our experiences in like a retrospective light of music production and the industry as a whole, kind of our thoughts and things. <clears throat> Matthew. Yeah. Also, oh, we're just starting with me. That's yeah. how we're. That's how this shit's going down. <laughs> Damn. It all started when I was a child. No, not really. For me, I've been playing in bands since I was like a little child. And then, um, as time went on, it kind of became an option. Hey, you should go to school for this uh, this music thing, man. You're you're kind of decent at it. I'm like, I'm all right with it. So, you know, once um, I took a year off after I graduated in like 2016. I was like, shit, I don't know what I want to do. And I was like, well, this whole Rampo thing seems kind of cool. I guess I'll try that out and see how that goes. Um, and it was a pretty fun blast. I mean, you know, I think this is at a time where I think we grew closer as friends, you know, especially through trying to make projects together and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, then, of course, you made the transfer over like junior year. So that just kind of propelled that even more so. Um, the way I got into it, though, really, I mean... I, I remember I watched this YouTube video and it was like how to make like trap beats in like 30 seconds. I was like, shit, like, I don't know. <laughs> it seems kind of fun to me. So like, I just had like the whole pack shit and everything. So I just practiced making patterns through there. And then from there on out, then I found out about, I think it's every like hip hop producer's, uh, you know, uh, journey. It's like you find out what a DAW is. Then when you find out what a DAW is, you start using the stock sounds. Once you get tired of the stock sounds, and you're like, oh my god, cymatics, dude, crazy! So then you start going through cymatic samples and stuff like that, and and I remember just like those that those like two years, like sophomore to like beginning of senior year, I used to go to the studio like probably like three, four. It started out like three, four hours a day, and then eventually on the weekends I was probably there for like five or six or sometimes you, you seven like hours a day. lived in that H wing studio, <laughs> dude. I was like the only motherfucker that ever used it aside from <laughs> a couple other people. Bro, because, I mean, it's like it's there. Like, why don't you take advantage of it, right? So, until I learned how to get better at making beats and, like, learning how to make um, a brand presence somewhat. Um, and then from there, 
during that summer, I, I was starting to sell beats and it was fun. And I was like, it's like, this is cool. I've never done something like this before. Um, and then COVID hit. At the time was COVID was hit and I was just getting a lot of opportunities that I can't really talk about because of NDA, but um, essentially just pretty decent opportunities in the city. Um, but sadly, sometimes uh, people are friends in the room. <laughs> That's kind of the sad thing about industry sometimes, and mm-hmm. it didn't really pan out too well. Um, so then moving forward now, I mean, now you're talking about this after graduation last year. It's like, shit, I don't know what I want to do with this whole thing. So then once I, once those things kind of fell through, it's like, damn, let me take a step back and let me work at it for a little bit. And then eventually it came to a point more recently, the end of last year where I was like, okay, like, I don't really know what I want from this. So now I'm going to take a, like just a total complete drop of it. And mind you, this is like the end of December. So it's been almost a month out without doing music under the North star brand. But now it's kind of come to, I'm ready to come back. I'm just kind of trying to figure that out right now. And I think, um, you know, it's really just for me about having fun with it and making songs. And I think yeah. even doing the podcast is teaching me about a lot of things that I really want to do with this next iteration coming up. So that's just all I'd have to say about it. But so far, it's just about, it's less about selling beats. And I guess in my experience now, not going for, a dollar, but I guess more so creating like a presence around the type of music that I want. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I think, and Tyler could probably speak in this a lot more, but once you do that, it's more fruitful than it just being like, you know, like for me, it was like, make this 300th little baby beat that some <laughs> rapper in Kentucky is going to use that he pays 25 bucks for. <laughs> and like, dog, that's not really. <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong because you never know who you're going to run into, but it's like sometimes at a certain point you got to be realistic, you know, and like actually put yourself out there. And I feel like I've seen, I feel like watching you, because I mean, you, you really focused, you, money has never been like the main focus for you, but there was a point when you were selling beats and you were making some money that it, it became one of the driving forces to you doing it. And I've seen you go through this and I've seen Tyler go through it where you know, there's times where you get into this really shitty headspace and it becomes less about the music and more about, oh my God, I need to survive. So I really don't feel like doing this anymore, but I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of get through it. And then you have to, you have to like take the break and come back around to it. Yeah. Like you, you took your break, you stopped in December, you came back around and you were just telling me last week, you're working on stuff. And even Tyler just sent me a demo for a song he was working on this morning. He was like, man, I really got to start writing something after being yeah. fucking upset and it, dealing with whatever. It's just like... <laughs> Yeah. It's it's one of those things where once you get into the industry, I can't speak on it because I'm I'm both too lazy and undriven in in the music space right now. But it's once you lose like once the passion doesn't become when the passion's no longer like the driving force, everything clearly falls apart. Yeah, and I mean that's what really upset me because it was like you know between again like I'm not hating on producers that make tight beats, but the fact of the matter comes to are you a beat maker, are you a producer, are you a songwriter, or are you just someone who knows how to click in a couple things and make it sound good? Like, there's a really big difference, and a lot oh, of people don't sure. talk about that. Yeah. Like, you have, like, like, <coughs> like, you have a guy, like, that's why I always get, like, mad even at beat makers when they say, well, I need, like, a certain percentage of this song. I'm like, no, no, you don't, because... You just want it. You, you putting in a drum pattern doesn't mean you made the song. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. And mind you, it wasn't even, and the best part is, too, you run into some people that just overuse samples which is mm-hmm. i mean i don't mind using samples but it's just created so much more industry complexity but i think the bigger point i'm trying to make is that 
everything. Yeah. If you're just making beats for like TV shows or for like a singular purpose for somebody else, that's a service. That's fine. But it comes a certain point where you could stay in that lane and make a lot of fucking money. You can, it's possible. Or sometimes there's other people who just need that creative itch tucked in. And it's not just about for me. I mean, especially coming back now, it's like selling beats would be a cool thing at again, but it's also too, like you got to come out with your own projects and develop your own style. And like, even people don't think of it, but also like creating your own sense of brand awareness. That's also yeah. a form of your presentation, you, gotta, like, find you know? Yeah, dude. So, um, I guess that's a journey I'm back on now. I feel like I'm starting from, it's, it's basically, you ever hear that saying of like the learning art curve where it's like, you start learning something and you're like, Oh dude, I got everything I need. And then you're like, Oh shit, there's a lot of fucking work. Now it's like the third arc where it's like, okay, I know it's a lot of work, but you got to keep throwing fades. Yeah. You know, I hear you. Tyler, it's a B. Tyler, you're the one that's gone through this the most. Can you tell us, like, you know, I, just, just for the different experiences, Matt really delved into selling beats and trying to work on things hardcore for a very long time. He hit his kind of end point in December and needed a reboot. I worked on music in college and it was too stressful because, you know, for a grade, it was too much fun. Oh, yeah. So I stopped. You're the one that's dealt with kind of burnout but having no choice <laughs> and then trying to like fall back in love with things more than us like tell us tell us what that's like but i mean i mean as far as the cover band goes like i i went through burnout very fast like it it was like a year and a half and then i just i just there was one day where i was like what am i doing like why am i going to these places to make $200 to play songs that aren't even mine. And it was just like mentally it got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this. But then also I was like, but financially I need to. And so it was kind of, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because I'm, you know, I'm playing Mm -hmm. songs I don't want to play and songs I don't really listen to in my free time. But at the same time, I'm, the money I'm making from it is helping me survive. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you needed to live. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, don't get me wrong; it's fun. It's just it's got its it's got its ups and downs, and you know, I I fell out of love with it, um, you know, real quick, like I said. But I think recently, um, being that we're expanding more, like I said, we're going to Boston and. Uh, for St. Patrick's Day weekend, like we haven't been to Boston once, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's a, one of the places we play in Long Island, they're opening a branch in Florida, which I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> say well, anything too anybody. soon, but it could be yeah. a pretty cool experience if it goes the way I think it might go, you know? Hopefully. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, um, what we, we what you said about the whole like playing cover thing is exactly how I felt about like making tight beats and shit. Because like in a some odd way, it's kind of a necessity to kind of build up your skill set. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think me and Tyler are both like hitting like that I'm ready moment because it's almost like Yeah, you did this and you did the basics and you have like in other words, like you know what to do, it's just a matter of actually executing on it. Mm-hmm. So like but I mean again, Tyler's like I mean, especially with what you're just saying <laughs> now, like if that goes through, obviously, yeah. 
you know like, <laughs> la vida loca baby let's go <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, we gotta fly down but overall dude fuck yeah dude yeah. but um but i think i think that's what it comes down to i think when you hit your wall you have to make a decision and you really decide like it also co- goes without saying that it's one of those things where you know if you really like it it'll come back to you it's even like what i've said countless times in the stream too it's like if you really like doing something, you're even willing to not get paid for it for a really, really long fucking time. Yeah, well, so. you know, that's kind of, like, the guys I'm in the band with, like, they were, you know, they were in a touring band, like, played with bands that a lot of people have heard of, toured all around the United States, mm-hmm. and they were like, it's just not making money. But I was always a person, like, but it's your music. Like, yeah, I would love to be touring the united states playing songs that are mine <laughs> yeah you know yeah, and so, so like then you got other people yeah. singing them back to you dude right that's the dream dude and then so recently yeah. like that's why this doing the cover band really doesn't give me fulfillment is because these are songs people have known for 20 years now that i have no part of i'm just mm-hmm. getting paid to play them like i you know mm-hmm. so and then so i kind of got to a point where i was like I can still write my own songs. <laughs> I can <laughs> do both. It, it, I, it finally just like hit me a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Yeah, just just write something, even if you're not out playing it. Like this, you know what you want to be writing, so do it." And then here we are. Proud of you. you know? It's it's also like one of the big things too. All comes down to like a mental state and headspace and all this shit. Oh, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where if you're if you know it's it's really easy to say oh I'm depressed I can write this depressed song and do whatever and put all my emotion into it but it's a completely other thing to be so upset and in this dark spot to where you can't even pick up the pen and you don't want to do any of that mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's it's just it's it's really hard you know and that's something that I've seen you do kind of a 180 on because I remember us talking last year <clears throat> you know we we have a couple covers that are sitting in the in, in on the ready right now and i remember you were so sad <laughs> about writing music you were you were i was like dude let's write something let's figure something out and you're like no dude nobody wants to hear that let's just play covers that's where that's where the money's at and it's a complete 180 from you like last week you're like hey uh i sat down usually it'd be like hey i'm gonna sit down and write this song but you you sent me a demo like two hours later you're like hey i did this whole thing <laughs> uh what do you think <laughs> it's it's just nice to see you do this 180 but no i, uh, I will say it's it was to finally like sit down and write a song and record it fully, like my own everything, it was so. Ah, you saw that too. <laughs> it was so like. Oh, that's rough. Reviving, you know. Yeah. You go just FYI. You're gonna. <laughs> and that said, don't have to use. I have a riff oh, for God. another song already planned. I'm so proud of you. So we're 2023. We're making moves. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm of course, proud of you. dude. The thing is, maybe, too, is like maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll work on some. No, maybe, maybe we'll work on No, dude. I mean, Shaka. <laughs> um, I mean, even even Miguel. I've seen him go through his motions and. Oh yeah. The thing. The thing is, I think I think you have a lot of prospect. That's the thing. You have to kind of remember that about it, everything. But if you don't have the drive for it, obviously. But that just goes to show, and that doesn't mean that it's. You can't do it. It just means that it's not the right fit for you at this particular time. Right. You know, it's just sadly one of those things. 
So. Matt has been my person to talk me off the ledge when it comes to music since I pro- since probably when we started college because I've always been like, yeah, I think I'm done. Or I'm like, yeah, I just need to finish this because I need to get the degree. And it's, uh, yeah. at, at least for me, it's, I, I go through these big swings and it, it's weird. It's a pattern. So if I go through the swing where it's, I'm, I'm in the mood for music and then the swing where I'm really hating it is probably like twice the length. And then when the swing ends, the next one it, where I'm back into it is twice that length and whatever. So I feel like I'm just kind of in the, the swing of not feeling like fucking doing it right now. Yeah. But I, I will. I don't know if I'm ever going to be, because it's it's something I think Matt and I have actually talked about it on the podcast. I came to terms with the fact that I'm not like a front man, and I'm not this crazy solo artist a very long time ago. But I do like to sing and I do like making stuff. Yeah, and I'm just gonna keep doing that at some point. I just need to get back out of my bubble. I've gotten so back in like the fucking tunnel vision of fucking Costco. It's and I mean, Tyler, you and I have spoken about this. I, it's, I, when I get home, I can work on music or on a day off, or I'm just fucking tired, and I want to sit down. And, no, I get that completely. And that's, that's hard, the dude. rut that I'm stuck in. And that's how it was for me, because, I mean, you know, I don't work like a crazy extensive job, but, you know, 11 hours of the first three days of the week, each day I'm on the road, and I get home, it's 11 o'clock at night, I'm like... I t- like I don't want to do anything, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, Fridays and Saturdays I'm playing a show. Like tomorrow I got to drive down to Atlantic City. I got to be there by five in the afternoon. And like so, there's my yeah. whole day gone, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday hits and it's like, well, I could do laundry or I could forget life exists for a few hours and not do anything. <laughs> and just relax yeah. <laughs> before yeah. I have to hop back into another four days straight. Right. Oh, my God. I mean, it's the, that's the hardest thing, man. You got to really, I mean, I like, guess that's growing it up. It sucks to say. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, right? That's like, you have to, at a certain point, you have to kind of just suck it up buttercup and just say, like, okay, if you really want this thing, you kind of have to put in the little extra... Um, mm lack of sleep even i mean i hate to say that i'm not really a big fan of saying that sort of stuff because it's like you know i think everyone should have like the ideal conditions to succeed yeah but sometimes even like i've told me gal it's the same i mean not as drastic as tyler because tyler's driving like a fucking maniac it's insane it's, it sucks it's a lot <laughs> I, that god bless you for that shit bro i mean like for me it's more so just of a thing of like Time to come home and write lyrics and produce this track and send this to my one friend and this and that and X Y Z and the third and I'm like dude, and then you got the dude. podcast on top of it. I mean, but you know what? It's like you choose your own yeah. um, stripes. You know, what I mean, because my things always come down to it's like if I really think about it holistically, sometimes it sucks. But then you think about it, it's like you if you like where you're at, then stay there. I think that's fine. I mean, we've had the, the conversation multiple times, you know, like if you, and even with people at work, it's the same thing. Like if you want to stay at this job and develop within it, that's perfectly fine. I think the problem comes about is when I find it quite redundant when people um, like kind of put down each other's ideas and aspirations. And really, if you mm. to put it all together, music as a whole, is just like your own personal business. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where not everyone's really suited for it, but it's like, if you're willing to put in the extra leeway time and the hard work, it does pay off. Mm. It really does. Cause at the end of the day, I think, you know, you're not going to be making millions and millions of dollars off of streaming royalties, but if 
like what Tyler's saying, like for me, even like I, I get kind of envious cause it's like, I wish I was doing that like 60 hours a week. I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy, <laughs> you know, but again, it's like you pick your own battle, you know, yeah. cause eventually Tyler before me and Miguel, he's probably gonna be playing stadium shows by the fucking time. Uh, you know, I have kids and shit, so you never know. I told you it's going to happen. Fucking no, never fucking no. I will say the, the closest, <laughs> the closest I've ever gotten to feeling like pure fame not being mm-hmm. it, just feeling it. It was um, mm-hmm. last year we played for a crowd of 4,000 people. I remember that. that. I, re- I remember seeing the photos and I was like, God yeah. damn, this boy's And I was like, I was like, <laughs> it, like, just being in that atmosphere yeah. was insane. <laughs> I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> sure, dude. Well, because the thing is, when you look over the crowd like that, that's fucking Oh nuts, my dude. God. It was just, like, everywhere I looked, it was just an ocean of Heads oh, jumping. People. I was like, oh, like, what, <laughs> dude? <laughs> You're like, how did I get here? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's fucking to amazing. be playing for this many people, playing songs that aren't even relevant to my life at all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, now all of a sudden I start talking about me, it's two people showing up to a show. Like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, rem- you know, I remember being doing my original music and playing shows for 10 people. I mean, that's the grind you go through being you know mm-hmm. doing your own music but it's sad to say i mean it's coming back but for a while like original music took a dive for the worst what? yeah and uh so so what do you think made like flip a switch in you to be like all right we gotta switch this sort of shit up though like what's what's been kind of pushing you now like where do you where do you see where do you see what your ideas are going right now like flip a switch from what to what like in terms of like in pushing more for creative projects and stuff okay. like that, where you think you see yourself going this year? I, I really, I, I don't know. I mean, I would like to put out, I would like to put out another, even if it's an, if it's an EP, it's fine. I'd like to do at least an album. Yeah, sure. try to do it by by the end of the year, just to be like, hey, I, I still exist and I'm still doing this kind of and thing. And that's the feeling, dude. You know, and. Uh, because like I don't really, for you. I don't really want to be the person like people know me because I'm playing this love by Maroon Five. Like, <laughs> you know, like I want you to hear who I am and what I do. Yeah, you know. No, yeah, and that's a that's a that's a big struggle for a lot of people. Ironically, you know, I think a lot of people again that just either gets too afraid or they're not sure what to say. And I I think honestly, really, what it comes down to now is just. It's better just to make a move and see where it goes mm-hmm. rather than do nothing at all. So you I completely miss 100% agree with you. of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Plus, too, I mean, you think about it, right? Even right now with what I'm doing, like, I didn't think, I just strayed away from making, like, super strict trap music, like, to just other stuff. And that just completely lightened up my envisionment. So right. even when there was times I didn't feel like make, getting on the computer and making something, I was happy with the end result just getting on there and getting stuff out and getting like your emotion out there for sure um so you never know man you might just start writing and you're like dude like make a fucking reggae album i don't know <laughs> like a fucking or some shit i've got a uh, i've got a few um country-esque tunes i've been working on too so yeah man um genres all over the place i was genre bending. producing a uh a country song for a singer out in canada too um mm. She's gotta. She's gotta get back to me with like new vocal takes eventually because she wasn't proud of her vocals. But 
I, you know, it's, it started off with just her and an acoustic guitar. And I, immediately I was like, I know where this can go. <laughs> You're like, I hear the whole thing in my head. Yeah. So I hit her days. up. I was like, Hey, um, give me a week or two. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give this song life. So I, I sat there for a couple of days, like fine tuning the drum track and like, and then I, I did like some organ parts and then bass guitars, mm-hmm. electric guitar solos, whatever. And then uh, she ended up coming here for a week. Um, and she did her vocals and whatever. Um, and then went back to Canada and she kind of did more of the vocals. And then later on she was like, yeah, I still don't like the vocals. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that might just be a personal issue. I think they're fine. But if you want to redo them, I, like will, personal I will wait till you want to redo Well, because that's what it is. Like, you hear, nobody likes when they hear oh, their yeah, own yeah. voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. I've never related to that more. I, I finish something, I sing something, I'm like, God, I really, like, everybody's like that. Like, I really sound like that? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. I mean, it sucks, but that's just how everybody is as a person. Until you get yeah. that one person, it's like, I know I sound good. <laughs> Dude, that's what it was like I trying mean, to get used to being on camera. You know, with the whole podcast thing, it's it's the exact same feeling of like, uh, are you, are we sure we want to do things like this? Because I, I I don't want to look like that. You know, I don't want people to see me and shit. Well, it's really funny. Is over time, it just became like such exactly. A thing. You know, but you ever you ever notice like when we we'll bring people certain people. Well, I mean, not now, but I feel like sometimes even our vibe up people on a camera, like they're just the shock of like. I don't know what to say. And mm. it's just like, you kind of develop, um, <laughs> it's a like, comfort just, thing. No, it totally yeah, is. No. Cause no one, I mean, or you even just like get really I'm, good mood lighting like Tyler. Of course, you know, he has the whole, <laughs> the whole shebang. That's no, it's really nice. Gotta have the lights. It really is. I mean, I'm meanwhile, I got this fucking Florida popcorn roof. You know, so. <laughs> I got the ring light. Ain't none, ain't none to it. Look like I'm in the fucking project. I got Funko but, pops. You guys want Funko pops? It's you want a Funko pop. <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean, I, even even now i feel the same way because even like when i'm recording but i'm like that's not totally how i want to sound so of course like again like i, I think the benefit is like at least with hip-hop i have a lot more free range of like where i want to sound like and where i want to sit on a track and be as abstract or as real like realistic as possible in terms yeah. of my presentation so i could see that as a big struggle for especially someone who again like if you're doing country or rock like you don't really have stylistically in the genre you don't have that much control over manipulation no so, but you know, meanwhile, I can I can get away with sounding like a gerbil. <laughs> but I don't, you know, and people are like, "This is so abstract." <laughs> I like everything about it. And you're like, "Hey, man, man, you sound like those Brockhampton guys." Like, yeah, totally. That's kind of the. That's exactly thing. what I was going for. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's crazy so. how different like the genres are too. You know, because like I've been doing, I've been yeah. producing like a lot of rock metal type stuff. And then you go into, yeah. like I was saying, like this country song I was doing, it was a total different world. Like I had to look at it completely differently. Like mm-hmm. it's, you have to like put on a completely different uh, set of Oh ears. my God. Yeah. And then, you know, I have a, a friend who used to live out in Boston. He lives in Jersey now, but he's a rapper. So he would send me stuff and I'm like, he's like, Hey, can you like make this come to life? <laughs> I'm like, Mm-hmm. Uh, I could try and I ended up doing it and he he loved it but I, I again I had to go into it like don't think of how you used to how you're used to doing things you know like it's oh yeah it's dude. not the it's, wheelhouse it's totally- that you're used to it's, it's crazy how it's crazy the production value of every different genre it's just insane mm-hmm. 
and it, and it sucks because it, well it doesn't suck it's a cool and it's a bad thing at the same time like as a producer nowadays like you have to know how to do multiple types of genres now yeah and like even for me like i mean again i don't really mix that many rock songs but when i try to mix one the same way like if i try to mix a hip-hop song it just does not work out no it's totally different <laughs> like, i can't do the usual tricks you know so but what i appreciate about rock music more is like at least like hip-hop like there's like a narrow there's a more narrow set strict sense of rules in terms of how things should sound or how things should bounce on a speaker but at least i like a bit more the acoustic free range that you get with uh with rock where it's like i guess in other words like just in terms of especially how eq and compression works and how you can dial in different flavors where i feel like with hip-hop you're just kind of either bound by your sample or the kit that you're provided with so there's definitely a lot more manipulation that comes into it but right um I don't know. It's just, it's all crazy. It's all nuts. God, production and is crazy on its own. It is. It's a science and it's an art. It's a constant learning curve. Because mm. there's always new is. stuff coming like, out. You never, every- you never, like, really know what you're doing, you know? Like, every time no. you do something, you know it's flavors. like... Yeah. <clears throat> but every time you do something, it's... Oh, I can also do it this way. Or, oh, that's how you do it. Like, you know? Mm. Just, yeah. uh... <laughs> not in, it's a constant loop of things evolving. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. There ain't really no. It's like what you said. There's no like real strict. Um, there's no right way to the, do music. No, there's not. There's, no, nah. I mean, you could learn the. I feel like that's like the last rule that everyone forgets. Whether they're in music school, if they're learning on their own. At the end of the day, it's like, like for us, for instance, for these podcasts, should I be doing a multi band like past twelve k that high? No, probably not. <laughs> but it sounds pretty fucking good. It does. So you it know, does. it's just nice, kinda, and nice and buttery smooth. It's crispy, you know. Well, you know, like, well, anyway, now we're getting into too much lingo, you know, <laughs> too much, but, uh, now I'm showing off, you know, uh, just but, showing um, off, whatever, <laughs> but, um, no, uh, I think, um, well, here's what I would say. I think Tower's going to do good this year. He's going to make hella bangers. That's right. He's going to get hella in with the band. I think me and Tyler both are on that same motivation journey. We just got to start putting the shit out there. That's it. Yeah, exactly, dude. And that's, and then, that's I mean, the mindset too. It's you can't make it and just let it sit. Cause that's. Ruins all we the inspiration. Gotta, I have, I have we so gotta much get you stuff back in sitting track. around. I gotta. Bro, I've been telling you that for years. I know you have. I've been telling you. I know. Okay. I know. Well, now I'm finally like. I mean, you know what's been going on, so I'm finally clearing my head and seeing. And that's something that takes time. seeing the other side of things. And it's like, okay, yeah, no, like this is what you're. Just go I do this. Do this. <laughs> but that's the most important thing is just that, like, you use your. That's the biggest thing I tell anybody, right? Especially if you run into burnout. For me, what helped, and I guess I'm, I'm assuming from what I'm hearing from Tyler, it's the same thing. It's like life will teach you how to make it again because at the end of the day, you experience things that is just free writing material. And I think that's what really blocks a lot of people, too. You feel like you have to do it every fucking day, but the reality is it's not music if you don't live. And there's no fucking point to it. Yeah. There's none. So, but I think we, I think at least between the three of us, we've had a good amount of experiences. I have yeah. a good amount of writing material. I don't know about you. Uh, I don't have enough. That, that's my big problem. But you know yeah, what? You gotta, be, you gotta be writing happy songs and shit. You, you know what? Because <laughs> this always yeah, happens, man. Shit. I forget that music exists. Right? This is my thing. I forget that making music exists. And then I'll talk to you about music or to Tyler. And then I'm like, oh shit, I am inspired. That's right. Okay, yeah. Uh, it. I'm not trying to say this to like compete with you guys because it's not a competition or anything, and I don't want it to come off that way. 
Uh, Tyler's making music this year. I want to see him put out at least an EP. Matt is going to figure out whatever he's going to name his next era and put out some music. <laughs> I, it is February 16th. I'm going to put out, by, by December 31st, I'm going to get myself to the absolute wire. I'm going to put out an album, even if it sucks. I just, I want to do it. Purely for exact, exactly what Tyler said, like scratch the perfect part of my brain. He's like, I want to do it just for me. Dude, yeah, for real. I mean, a music insider tip real quick. Just start with a song. That's what I'm doing. No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm being serious. I, <laughs> I know, know you're serious. We've had this conversation many times. <laughs> well, because we've had it with, um, what's his face? Uh, when we talked to Miller's one time, it was the same, same concept. Oh, with Dave. Yeah. Tyler, remember. Dave's going to be on the podcast. A, if you're a new artist, what's the first thing you do? You don't, what? You don't overwhelm your audience. You give them one little piece to bite on. That's what I always say. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Though. But I don't know how you look at those things. Because uh, I, I feel like if you. I think it's I feel like you subjective. Could put out, you could put out an album. It is subjective. But uh-huh. For me, I've noticed just more success. 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 Five thirty in the morning. Success. I know. For us, when I was when I was doing with intention, like it started with us just doing shows. You know. Yeah. Like, of yeah. Every every band and like group starts a bit differently. Yeah. It started with us mm-hmm. doing shows, and then like people being like, "Oh, like they exist." And then we did yeah. the EP, and then we released the EP, and I then we that. did the uh, the music video. <laughs> So it was just like pieces here and there. And then mm. COVID, COVID and hit thing. and fucked yeah. everything up. Damn. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's like an international kind of thing. A lot of us that's up. when I joined yeah. the cover band is because I knew COVID hit. And then I was like, okay, we're not going to be playing shows. No. Um, because Absolutely everybody not. in the scene went total whatever. Silent. Because no one knew what to do. <laughs> no, not even silent. Just... You better be vaccinated, but still stay home. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went and joined the cover band that was still playing in casinos and making money. Yeah. Oh, wowzers! Completely different, like like different worlds. It's totally different. Totally. And like, well, I mean, COVID was just a weird time for like a lot of creatives in general because it's like it was. I felt like it was the death and the birth of a lot of people's careers at the same oh, time. For sure, because it's. You had because to like, for, like adjust or die. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people spent that time like either writing and making new projects. There's other people who are on the inverse, like where they had like tours and stuff like that. And even again, if you put it on a local structure, like yeah, like a lot of cover bands and stuff, like especially like completely shitted the bed. Not their fault. It's just kind of how it went down, you know. So yeah. podcasts, um, bro. COVID birthed a lot of podcasts. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You're looking actually, at that's one. that's what killed our <laughs> podcast. All right, well, I'm amongst the first other one. things, but yeah, because um. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people figured it naughty, out naughty how comment. to do it, like without having to be in the same room, you know. Dude, especially, I mean, well, because that's like, especially when, that's what like, we're doing right like now. I know, but they have like we're some of them have like, like full productions, you know, like I know it's crazy, insane, yeah, dude. Dude, listen, I'm working on the green screen stuff. I'm waiting on Matt, and then it's not going to seem like we're in different rooms. Okay, <laughs> we're going to be in fucking out of space. <laughs> well, I mean, eventually, me and you can be in the same room, really. But well, yeah, because yeah, you're like down say. the street. <laughs> yeah. I listen, man. When like this, looking when out this my window, makes like, a million dollars. When when this podcast makes a million dollars, man, it's over, dude. I've said it's that. I, I'm pretty sure I said that on like episode forty or something. I'm like, look, the minute we start making money from this, I'm gonna quit my fucking job or step down or something, and I'm gonna <laughs> do this and like music full time. It's just I need the income. <laughs> Well, that's that's because I got bills to pay. That's it for me too. Like, I would love to just stop everything I'm doing and just like produce mm-hmm. and like, you know, mix other people's songs or whatever. 
but make that hundred dollars or bring my paycheck home every week. Like, <laughs> like I, mean, I need the sacrifice, I need the paycheck. And like so many people, are, yeah. so many people have gone through the sacrifice of just like quitting everything and going to do what they love. Respect to them. Right. But it's, but it's just like, yeah, I'm not in a position to do that at all right now. I'm too fucking <laughs> emotional to be able to quit my job and be like, oh, I ain't got money. Let me just find this odd job to do for a couple of days. Yeah. I am not so emotionally prepared talking, to do something like no, that. Dude. You're talking to somebody who's done that rhetor- 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 rhetorically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> nice save. <laughs> With my rhetoric, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get but, uh, a glass of water. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh big damn. Uh, you know what? To the, the let's, people. let's end the mainstream. Let's end the main episode. Let's get into uh recording the next thing. I'm not gonna end the stream, but we're gonna end the episode right here then. Let's cut it. Get to the next one. Folks, thank you for listening. Tyler, you're free to go get your water. We have to do our, our little outro and things. Folks, thank you for listening. Matthew, hit him with the outro. Have you ever heard of my friend uh Anything Bull? Anything no. Bull? We um we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. Did I say YouTube? We're on YouTube. We have the main channel for full podcast episodes and other content coming soon. We don't got you for an hour, that's okay. We can get you for 10 minutes. Miguel makes clips and subjects based off of these podcasts. I 10 do. minutes, that's all you need. Not even 10 minutes, that's not a problem. We got shorts, 30 seconds to a minute, and max, you get the whole spiel from the podcast. Matt makes them, it's a lot of fun. Pretty it's fun. a very fun time. Um, not to mention, we have two other channels, Fitness and Gaming. Uh, fitness should be launching sometime in the next two weeks, whenever we can get our trainer on stream. Exactly. Uh, gaming is going to be probably launching next gaming week. Gaming is technically we will... launched because we're just putting the game streams on there right now. We have to figure out there what we want to do with it, but... Yeah. You know. <laughs> more more gaming content <laughs> come soon, but uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, what's the latest? What's Let the me latest tell you about the last couple on? episodes that we did. So... This is the Monday episode. The last snack time we did was actually the ultimate halftime Super Bowl show tier list. Yes, we did more tier lists. Are we getting sick of them? Are we out of ideas? No, we're having a lot of fun. Tier lists are fun. Before that, we had episode 42, AMC, the Grammys, and Amount of Technical Difficulties, where Matt and I spoke about AMC, talked about the Grammy stuff, it's in the title, and then Matt broke the stream, I think, four times in one day, which was unheard of. (laughs) Finally, before that, we had a snack time, the ultimate Overwatch tier list, uh, we pissed off a lot of people talking about how we're a silver-ranked podcast. Let us prove you wrong. We've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Tune into the game streams. And for that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to cut off my audio recording with the other two boys, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>